Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 125 of Brew Another Shit the Podcast Adjunct Series. Welcome to Miami, Florida, guys. We are out here for a month. This is the uh, the first pod that we're recording out here. We brought all of our crap. It was a uh, lengthy drive down. We drove because of the pup. He's a little too big to fly, so we uh, want to make drive, which was really fun, very long. I don't know if I would recommend three days in a row of driving like, you know, eight to nine hours and not much sleep. So we're going to split it up a bit more on the way back. But uh, I'm hearing that back home there is a uh, huge bunch of storms happening. So, you know, pretty grateful to be in this 30 degree weather every day. I will not rub it in anymore for uh, my Canadian folks. But before we get into this evening's podcast, guys, we, of course, are sponsored by the good folks at Manscaped. So spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. I shouldn't have put it so far away. God damn it. Um, where we at? Make sure you look your best this spring by using the code BAOS for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So first, obviously, uh, you know, Manscaped, we're rocking the nether regions and now they're rocking the lines above the shoulders. So it's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out. At least it is down here, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard, beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths. All on one guard, so no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with titanium-coated T-blades, which you can't really see through this, that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package, which is this little thing here, uh, with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Next, the kit has the liquid goods to make you feel good. Oops, I turned it on there. Uh, with the beard, cha- uh, beard shampoo and conditioner, you can treat. You can't treat your beard like you treat your pubes. I bet you didn't know that, mate. You don't want to do that. You got the shampoo. Boom. That's why the kid has a special shampoo and conditioner, especially designed to moisturize and reduce ingrown hairs. And that is a conditioner in the little container here. And replenish your beard's natural oils and promote beard health. The Pro Kit also has Manscaped's beard oil. Boom. Look at that. Uh, the nutrient-infused oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while still adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. Cap it off with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. That is fire. Uh, not to mention the Beard Hedger Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. My favorite is the brush here. Always give it a little quick once-over during the pod. Um, so, guys, save 20% and get free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedge Appropriate for the cleanest look in the game. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been uh, talking about non-alcoholic beer on the pod for a little while now, Um probably the last couple of years. It's been like, a you know, balance has been a big thing for us. Um, we've expressed, you know, Tiff and I did an episode just on 
you know, some of our fave non-alcoholic beers. Uh, well, it must have been January or February sometime. And, um, you know, it's it's a recurring subject and it's a, it's a, actually a big part of our lives. We drink non-alcoholic beers, um, you know, probably three, four nights a week now. Um, we're really big fans of it. So this evening I have one of the newest al- uh, non-alcoholic brands to me personally. I know they've been around for a bit, but someone that I've discovered this year. So I'm actually really excited to hear more about it, get the full story and have a chat with the fellas. So guys, please welcome Stephen Rob from Harmon's Non-Alcoholic in Germany. Gentlemen, welcome. It is great to finally hang out. Yeah, great, to, great be to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Genuine pleasure. So we have a uh, a fourth that uh, got affected by the storm tonight. So shouts to Mike, who may just dial in at some point if he's uh, if the internet gods are good to him and allow him to uh, reconnect. But in the meantime, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it posted. He's um. He's he's praying that he's praying. the internet gets going again. But. It's okay. It's uh, no stress. At least we can uh, we can get it all going. So, boys, I know uh, this is something I'm uh, like I was saying, pretty big fan of non-alcoholic beers. I've been drinking your stuff now for the last it must have been like since probably February. Uh, huge shouts to Craig from Craft Branco who did the first drop for me, who spoke extraordinarily highly of the three of you guys and of the products and for good reason. So I'm excited to to really to get the story because he told me a little bit and you know we've all been kind of chatting, but we never really got into it. So I'm excited to hear about it. But first things first, we need to be. So we are going to start with your Lunchbox Lagered Ale. Come on, there she is. Look at that, mate. Now this is a, uh, I guess you would call it like a Kolsch style ale. There you go. Um, tell us about this one. Whatever you want to go into, whether it's the the recipe, the name, the whole the whole works. Oof. Oh, I I will we'll, we'll start on res, recipe uh, uh, to start. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's sort of a little uh, tribute uh, to those wonderful beers uh, out of Germany, and um, we were just trying to. Make something super approachable uh, and easy drinking as one of our sort of core three. And uh, our Lagerdale was um, uh, our choice. Okay. Um, yeah. And the name, Lunchbox, obviously, you know, with this kind of beer, you, you can drink it anytime. So um, why not have it for lunch? So we thought it was cute to, <laughs> you know, throw in a Lunchbox image and pack it in your lunch when you're, when you're off there. That's a really good thing. So um, I actually bought some vintage lunch boxes. I was using it as a little promo item, and yeah, it's fun. But That's awesome. and it has the ring to it. And frankly, it's one of those great names that was not taken. So it's getting tough in the beer industry. Oh yeah, I know. Like yeah, basically, absolutely. like what's you know, no idea is original anymore, right? And everything's done. So you got to get yeah. in while you can. So first of all, boys, pleasure to chat. Get it in you. Cheers. I got it right facing the camera this time. Look at me. There we go. This is got it. Delicious. So this has got to be, I mean, I feel like non-alcoholic beer in general is not easy to make, but I would, <laughs> I would hazard, I can tell by that laugh that I maybe I'm onto something there. The, <laughs> I would, I would hazard a guess that this particular uh, style would probably be the most difficult because there's nothing to hide anything behind even in an alcoholic pilsner, there's not. So, you know, I couldn't even imagine with this type of, uh, you know, you've got now no alcohol and therefore you have to use less malt and et cetera. So talk us through this. Um, yeah. We're talking about the recipe. Like, yeah, how, how'd you absolutely. Make it so 
um, it's it sort of, I, I think for me, um, as sort of the technical guy of the three, um, regardless of what we were going to make, our beers have to be compelling as beers. Right. Like we want them to be thought of in that regard first. And that was probably the, that was the starting point for all three of our products, really our, our core three anyway, and anything we do in the future. Um, but in terms of like style iteration and, and, and making some choices, um, we needed to uh, specifically uh, um, have that sort of the body of the beer work out the right way. Um, a lot of the stuff that we spent, oh, Steve, I don't even want to know how many beers we drank uh, before we started making our own, but um, a lot. And one of the things we, we, we thought was uh, really challenging um, was getting that sort of mouthfeel body balance right. Mm. Super tricky to get that to get that correct, and um, and and you're absolutely right. With something that has lighter malt character, it's not aggressively hot by any means. Um, you have to have a little yeast note in there as well. You, you want that yeast to do what it's doing um, to to properly ferment out, and as a result, it, like it has to come across like the general article uh, as close as we can get there to it, right? Um, so. That was sort of uh, our, our plan with our Lager Dale. It was like, can we get there? Can we can we replicate what is happening? Um, you know, there's a lot of great breweries doing lagers and lager dales and cold style beers, and and that's wonderful. Can we can we take it to that next step and 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 make a non-alcoholic beer, but have it as a compelling beer by itself? So that was a big a big thing for us. Um, all of our all of our beers will be flavor forward first, and we want we want to sort of relate. We want the beer drinker to sort of recognize these as such, um, and that was that's kind of the driving force in terms of all the recipe designs. And then from there, um, going back and 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 looking at some literature, some recipe design. There's tons of it out there, um, and then sort of dialing in where we want to sit in that in that style world. And uh, uh, for us, it's you know really straightforward that way uh, in terms of recipe design. Um, we have one, one hop in that, in that beer. I think there's two malts possibly, maybe like two malts basically creating the whole thing. Like it's really, really simple. Um, and then, um, what's occurring in the brew house is, is really just really, um, fine attention to detail on process. And that's how we get there. And that's kind of was, uh, that was the driving force, um, uh, for all, for all three. Um, I don't, when we were sort of, um, on the original iterations of the recipes, I I think we were working on the hazy first. I, I can't remember. It's been a couple of years now, but yeah, I think so. I think we 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 started plugging away on the hazy first as as something hoppy and and and, and hop forward and and really flavor forward. And I think we kind of went backwards from there. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The the lager ale was tricky because. It didn't. It it it, it wasn't um, working out how we wanted, um, no. and it it took some practice to get it to where it is now. And um, I would say even now, like now forward for us, uh, one of the big challenges on on the technical side for us is just I you know is continual refinement, like just continue to get better at it and, and perfect that process. And that's really sort of you know we have. <laughs> 
multiple challenges all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but at least on the recipe yeah. design side, it's 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 refinement, and uh, and and we're um, we're constantly striving for that. And uh, I, I hope that's that will be reflected in the quality of the 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 um, uh, drinking experience going forward. Hell yeah, it's um like let's talk through the flavor notes as well on this. That's a great explanation. So like it's. I'm getting like if you drank this blind, it's pr- I think it's pretty clear that it's a Kolsch. I imagine you guys that was probably part of the intention as well. Like you know that it's absolutely yeah. yeah. Um, the yeast are definitely coming through as you said. Obviously, all um, non-alcoholic craft beers are. I was about to say significantly light. I don't know if I want to say that, but like you know, you can tell for the most part that it's a non-alcoholic beer. And the challenge there is to get in those malt flavors, like you said, with it's a simple beer with um, not too many ingredients. So to be able to do that, I feel like there's like tons of malt flavor here. It doesn't taste, oh, you know, like people just call it thin or watery or something. I definitely don't get that with this. I feel like there's no. like a lot of flavor in this beer. Is there any sort of tasting <clears> notes? I mean, I'm definitely getting that bready cereal vibe that you would expect from a, um, from a culture. I don't really get any crazy grassy bitterness or anything. And I'm not sure if that was intended. No, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like the, by design, this beer is not, not bitter at all. Um, I think um, in terms of the malt character, uh, we do want it. We do want that sort of like bready cereal, like really sort of clean malt, malt note. Uh, we don't want it to be overbearing or powerful though, which, you yes. know, if you're not careful, that can happen as well. And then from, from the hop side, we want just enough bitterness to balance that. Right. Um, I don't want it to be aggressively bitter. Um, sometimes the grassiness can be overdone as well. So it, again, it's just a clean play there. So we're, if mm-hmm. I had to say anything, we're probably leaning, you know, lighter on the hops in this beer for sure. Mm-hmm. But we think it, we, it makes it way more approachable as a result. Um, there's plenty of iterations. Um, well, I'm thinking alcohol wise uh, now, but you, you can get that, you can get that like really hardcore, like, uh, uh, aggressive grassy hop note if you want it I, I i think we're sort of leaning um i wouldn't say away from it but like you know on the lighter side of it for sure right um and that's definitely it's more accessible design. for the three beers yeah yes yeah. i think our, our big and that was just sort of clean. Into yeah we just want it to be like super clean um uh super crisp super refreshing like that was kind of like our three sort of guiding guiding posts and mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're there really happy with, uh, the latest iterations and, um, we'll actually be brewing, <laughs> we're brewing new stuff coming up actually in, in the next couple of weeks, which is, which is great news for us. So we, we yeah, have we to are. continue that. Yeah. If we're allowed to talk about that towards the end, let's, let's definitely touch on that. Um, but this, yeah, man, I think you guys did a really good job. Like I have, I feel like as well, and this is just from my explore exploration of non-alcoholic beers over the last, I want to say two and a half years tops type of thing. I'm, I'm, I haven't been into it for a long, long time, but I feel like the least common style that I see in non-alc is, is this, is like a culture of pills yeah. or something. Oh, What's up that's that? it. Yeah. It, this, and it just happens to be one of the most popular styles of beer in the world. Like I think it's, it's not a light lager, but it's pretty darn close. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, it is very challenging to get this as you described. It's a naked beer, right? Yeah. It's very easy for it to just taste like an unfermented, warty mess. And uh, Rob has done an outstanding job. And as he mentioned, it it was not easy making this beer. It took a lot of challenges. And, I mean, COVID was a horrible 
thing that we all endured. But th- making this and perfecting this beer through that was really one of the challenges. And he had the time to work on it in his home system. And that's the story of all these beers was, you know, developing recipes, having meetings like this on, on Zoom or Google, and then meeting up monthly with whatever Rob had created at a, a parking lot in Etobicoke and, and sampling it in a like we were tailgating uh, next to a toy store. It was a very odd way to, to start our business, but we had nowhere else to go. Right, we couldn't go indoors, oh, so man, you couldn't go to anyone's house. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, and of course, we chose yeah. a parking lot with no washroom, which wasn't ideal. Oh, but <laughs> chugging back all this non-alcoholic beer and then figuring out, oh, we gotta, we gotta find a bush pretty quick. Um, so Super it was hydrated. It, awesome. it was crazy, but yes, perfecting it, and and we we were our own harshest critics, you know, mm. because yeah. we, Rob and I, have been in this business a long time now. And we knew when this was uh, going to be released finally commercially, we were going to be under a lot of scrutiny. So it really had to be to the highest standard. And, and we, were, we beat ourselves up. And remember, we had one batch, Rob. And well, there was reasons why we had to dump it that were out of our control a fair bit. But yeah, that was a tragedy. Like we're getting, it was like, uh, you know, aborting the, uh, the liftoff, right? But, you know, <laughs> just as the rocket's about yeah, to go. It was it was tough. Like it's, it it's, very it's just, tough. Just, to speak to that time, like, you know, my little garage setup is, is purely for a fun and, and B R and D. And, um, you know, now it's a something interesting. <laughs> yeah. If there's something I want to work on, there's something I want to work on. I can just, I can knock out a Bruno problem. Right. And, you know, um, dumping it at the 20 liter scale is no big deal. Right. And then also perfecting it, at the 20 liter scale is one thing. And then the scalability and making it work on smaller pro systems and then bigger pro systems, like those are growing pains we've lived through and mm-hmm. um, they're not fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, this is not even beer related, but just the knowledge translation to get from yeah. what I'm trying to, what I have written down on a piece of paper and, and very explicit, like step-by-step, routine or process to have that work at scale is and by someone else generally because you know current we're currently contract brewing is two completely different animals and mm-hmm. um we've had multiple iterations of that trying to get from like oh we're super happy with this at the at the homebrew scale and that's wonderful how do we get up to where we where we need to be to do what we want to do, right? And we and how do you get like, a, a brewer? You know, brewers are like yeah. you know they're like chefs, right? So, you know, Rob will say, you yeah. know, step one, step two, step three, follow my steps," and they go, "Well, right. I think I'd do it this way." And it's like, no, you know, and, and uh, like it, it just it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's a bit of it is just the nature of of, of the business, and that's fine. Um, but the reality is. There's no ego in beer. What are you talking about? The reality is we dumped, I don't want, I, I, I lost count at the hectoliter level, but we we dumped a lot of hex uh, initially, which really, really hurts. But to Steve's point, you know, (laughs) we, we've been plugging away, (laughs) we've been plugging away in the, um, in the brewing business for a while. And we, you know, that it's not flavor first or flavor forward, or, you know, if it can't pass muster as a real beer, um, you, you get know, it's tough yeah it's yeah. tough and uh we we had to 
we're, we're hyper aware of that. And, um, you know, as Steve said, we're, we're our own worst critics and we also have no problem dumping as, as hard as it is, we'll do it. And that's, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that is something you have to be okay with, um, to move forward. And the guys were like, to their credit, when, if, if the final say, if I didn't like it was going down the drain and they, we stood by that and I was, I was really oh, yeah. yeah Rob has final say, you know, yeah. I'm like, and, well, uh, I don't know guys, we got to start making money. I mean, Obviously, we're not making money yet, but you know, we, we also want to be very proud of our, our product. So, you know, that, these that are the sacrifices. Do it the right way, um, and, and you know, yeah. we we look back on that now, and it's you know, it was growing pains. It's it's uh, it's better to talk about now than be living through it. And uh, we're in a we're in a better would, spot. Would Manscaped consider uh, sponsoring us? We could use some money to get them sponsorship. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Free landscape with every uh, can of beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just give yourself a little bit of a trim. I like that. I feel like that could that could be a thing. Like groom your tubes while you're drinking. The, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be drunk while you're doing that. That could be very exactly. dangerous. And that's the whole point. It's a self-care routine. Tone down your alcohol. I'm the marketing guy, see? So I'm always looking for an angle. We, li- we like collaboration. I like that. I'll get that email <laughs> happening great. right after we wrap. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> this is uh, my pleasure. Okay, that's uh, that's some really good context. So then, let's pull it back a sec, and like, I'd love to hear how both of you guys got involved in beer, and then how the three of you connected, and then started the project. Okay, go first, Steve. Oh, my turn. All right. Uh, let's see. I have been in the business now since two thousand and well, one really is when right after nine eleven. Um, I had this crazy idea to start a business with some guys, which eventually became uh, Mill Street Brewery. So oh, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I started Mill Street. We opened our doors in December of 02. So 21 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Down in the distillery district. So, and that was another one of these three guys and uh, obstacles and all kinds of things that we weren't prepared for. <laughs> we learned a lot. Um, Very at the time there was probably like, maybe 30 craft breweries in the whole province. If that, yeah. Now there's 300. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, we, we kept going for quite a while and it was, uh, eventually sold. Um, and once my non-compete, uh, expired, uh, I had this idea. I, I knew Rob because Rob was, well, he'll tell you, but he was the head brewer of Mill Street. He worked under Joel Manning. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Can so, I just interrupt for one second? I know this is completely off topic, but that's this is fascinating. I always want to ask, was it difficult for you to make the decision to sell? Because I feel like in craft beer, at least maybe not. There is a, a, a podcast I just did with Ben a couple weeks ago. Do you know Ben uh, yeah, yeah, Johnson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he kind of grilled me pretty hard on that. And uh, I, I don't like the grilling on that at all. I don't agree with but that because I like. What I will say is, um, you know, the timing obviously was right. Yeah. But uh, what people have to remember also is that we had many, many shareholders, even though it was a privately held company. And it ranged right. from, you know, people who had invested considerable sums to people who had cashed out their RSPs, uh, who were, you know, public transit workers, TTC, you know, firemen. It was it was a wide range of people, friends and family who all at some point needed to see some payday with this thing. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a very happy ending for quite a few people. A lot of tears of joy were shed, you know, when you get to give a check to some little lady who pretty much at some point 
figured it was a write-off, you know, and then you're able to give them their money back and then some. So, yeah, it's just to consider it was, you know, it was it wasn't just us and a bunch of fat cats sitting in a room smoking cigars going, yeah, boys, yeah, we're all going to make some big money. You know, it was, it wasn't that at all. It was, uh, something, um, I think it, it was our, what do they call it? Your fiduciary responsibility to gotcha. Herschel. So that's part of it. So, gotcha. no, so yeah, I mean, was it difficult? Yeah. It, it was my baby, right? You know, it was from, you know, I named the stupid thing. Because we were on Mill Street, and couldn't think right. of a name. Hey, Simple and effective. So yeah, it was. It was. Um, it wasn't an easy decision, but uh, it was certainly. It, it was very. We were very happy. No one put a gun to our head or anything. Gotcha. No, that's so. cool. And uh, yeah, I definitely was. I've, I've got all respect. If you're going to sell, I don't care. I, I think a lot of people in craft forget that beer is a business, and that, like what you said, there's a responsibility, and that you can make these decisions, and it's not the end of the world. It's okay. It's like a part of the cycle. Yeah. And look at you. You're back in beer. So, like, you know, what's the what's the? Well, yeah, I did try some other things after uh, this. You know, I thought I'd, I'd try my hand at real estate, and I became a landlord friend. You know, fixing people's toilets was really after a while became a little, a little much. You know, <laughs> yeah, settling, um, you know, roommate disputes, all that crap. But um, and of course, the value of real estate got insane, so it wasn't really. Man. A good time for that. No, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I realized that beer was really something that I loved, and uh, I did well with. It. I was, it was just it's it's a combination of everything. It's fun. The people in it are awesome. Um, I'm more on the event marketing side and all that. So we used to do all kinds of crazy events. I miss that. So we're trying to recreate that with a bit of a twist with non-alcoholic beer and we can get into that but it's um it's fun and it's a very liberating thing to not have all the regulation yeah that you know regular alcohol must abide by so um we're having a lot of fun actually very cool man i didn't mean to uh to take that off track a little bit just wanted to ask while we were on topic so rob was a head brewer at mill street which is Amazing. I know when you talk, I got some extra questions for you about that because that's sick. So you guys had obviously known each other for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rob, you tell me what you did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my brewing adventure, um, I got into the industry uh, 2003 um, as a summer student at Sleeman in Guelph. Dope. And I, uh, I got into the, um, the quality assurance lab. And my first summer there was basically um, night shifts, doing packaging <laughs> packaging inspections on the bottle, can, and keg lines. Like um, they needed someone for nights because they were busy, and uh, I was happy to take the job. And it was. Uh, did you do candling? You know, to, you know, oh yeah, I've done all of it, man. <laughs> oh, do you know what candling is? Do you know what that is? I actually didn't know what that is. Like, you oh, know, it's, uh, you it's with him. bottles, but you like at some point the human has to be like the last line of defense and they rotate bottles sort of from, if that's the top of the bottle, you rotate it down to the, and you just see the bubbles or anything floating inside that the machine, det- the detectors can't pick up. Mm-hmm. If you catch something, you pull it off. <laughs> oh, and that's cool. But, but it's behind a really bright light or in front of yeah. a bright light. So it, it's reflects. Cause if it's a Brown bottle, you can't see much without really so you're staring at this thing for hours you have to take a break because it's really monotonous but yeah. just um, I'm, you, I'm, you watch I'm someone who's handling and they're just like in the zone watching it's like watching an x-ray of just like hundreds of beer bottles going by every minute you're just like oh, it's that sounds crazy. not a fun gig 
Okay. Yeah. It's uh, they rotate it through. Like you, you have to sort of you know do your time. It's usually one or two hours, and they shift you out. If you do it for eight, you go yeah, yeah. bananas, yeah, yeah. obviously, right? Cool. So gotcha, gotcha. Um, got in. So got in there. Was working on the packaging side. Um, they liked me enough to bring me back the following year, which is wonderful. And then uh, that turned into a full time gig. So I was at Sleeman from uh, till about two thousand seven, and then I went back to school. Uh, I went to Edinburgh to do my master's degree in, in uh, ah. brewing and distillation science. Nice. And, um, and then from there, <laughs> came back and worked at, do you know of Magnata, the yes. winery sort of brewery? Yep, yep. So they have a little brewery uh, in their main facility up in, uh, um, the beam in Vaughan there. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wood, Woodbridge, yeah. Okay. Um, and I was there for a couple of years, and then um, from there went to Mill Street and worked with Steve and, and the crew. Uh, oh goodness, till about 2014. Um, right. And then 2014 uh, had an opportunity to go down to the Niagara College, <coughs> and I've kind of been there ever since. I uh, I worked in the teaching brewery there as a head brewer for a year, and then um, uh, a full time role on the teaching side came up, and I jumped on that, and it's kind of what I'm doing. I've been doing that ever since. So. Um, passing on the knowledge and experience and, uh, to the next generation lately is kind of my, my gig. And in between all that, I had my own little contract brand that I, I, I got off the ground and, and sold off. Uh, we got coveted. It was, uh, we took a huge hit and, uh, uh we, we sold the brand off, which was, you know, I didn't make any money, basically broke, broke even. And, um, and then turned, uh, turned around and started working with Steve on this project, which has been awesome. Like super challenging, super fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, onwards and upwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. So quick questions then, if I may. I don't want to dwell on past stuff, but I don't get a chance to talk sure. to guys like you that often because this is – because Mill Street was a really big deal for me when I first moved to Canada in 2010. Sure. I sort of really discovered beer properly through Mill Street was one of the main things. So I I, oh. I, I have a, a huge soft spot. I didn't care about the sales stuff that craft beer people get upset about. So, like, I'm just fascinated. So I think this is amazing. So did you design sure. any of the, the beers, the, any of, like, the, the big um, – you know, whether it's Tank House, I mean, I was probably around beforehand, but Tank House did, no, did no. change a bit over the years, right? Just, yeah, that was yeah, originally yeah, there's some pro- there's some process changes. So if anything, mainly just process improvement um, okay. was was my my gig. Um, to be honest with you, um, as a head brewer, uh, you're at least at that scale. Your job is not recipe design. Like, if Joel were to ask my opinion, I, I would give him one. But the reality was I was there to execute, uh, develop and execute a production schedule and make sure the beers are on point. Like that was kind of gotcha. my role. Um, and doing that at scale is, is way different than doing, you know, 20, you know, 20 heck batch once a month. You know what I mean? We were, we were doing, oh, geez, it, it, it was it was an insane amount of volume. Yeah, but we yeah. were, we, you know, we were doing something like, you know, at our peak summer we're probably doing 12 brews in 24 hours, maybe 14. Like it was, it was, it was intense. So like you see a lot really quickly, which is great. Um, I'll send you a picture of Rob with Joel from, uh, when you guys did the barrels, the barrel age, barley barley wine wine, using the bourbon. Yeah. Um, that just popped up as a memory in Facebook. So that had to be, I think 2012. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That was, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew Joel Manning, or if you ever met him or knew of him, but he was the, I I the, the brewmaster of Mill Street. He passed away a few years ago. It was very tragic. Okay. But he was a really well-regarded brewer in North America and Europe as well. He was a remarkable guy. That was a great and, dude. And that was a great Just a wonderful um, human being. And it was a tragedy. He had a heart attack. It was awful. Oh, guy. But, yeah. Yeah, um, we miss him. But yeah, so like in, in that role at that scale, uh, for what Mill Street was, um, I was just executing a game plan. You know, um, uh, player coach, if you will, <laughs> doing work gotcha. and also coaching the team okay. was kind of it was. Well, Rob's the best also not selling himself as well because he was the first guy to really do a hazy, like a New England style beer in Ontario with your own brand, right? Yeah, yeah, we were one of the first um, when we did. Uh, did you ever hear of Bronan? Uh, oh, you did High Road at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's High his with company. My, yeah. With buddy, okay, yeah. so Bronan, I remember like. People were like obsessed with that beer, so that was like a Vermont. Yeah, so idea. was I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that was, right. Yeah. It was, I only had it like once, maybe twice, and I kept hearing about because I lived in Montreal for ten years, so I was only like yeah. I only moved back to Ontario uh, last summer, so I came back regularly, but I just didn't have easy access to it. And I tried it in a can, like twenty eighteen or something, but I know everyone kept telling me, "Now nah, you need to have it like fresh, you know, from the taps." But yeah. Yeah, so that absolutely, would, yeah. Th- this is an inter- it's interesting that you brought this up because we've had this convo a lot about what was the first um, Hazy IPA. Do you know then, because I'll tell you when you tell me what the last person told me, I'm, I'm no authority on the matter, I'm just passing on what people told me. When sure. did that beer come out, would you say? Um, we incorporated end of 2014 and then uh, we probably started selling that beer I want to say March, April, 2015 in keg only in keg only. Okay. I think that would trump, um, uh, my gosh. Um, barn cat did one. I think they told me April, 2016. So then that would. Okay. Yeah. No, the the barn cat guys are great, man. Like their beers are, they're, they're solid. They're really solid. I'm I'm a fan. I haven't been to barn cat in ages, but, um, their, their, their beers are really solid. Um, and I was a fan of what they were doing. Like they, they, they sort of did it different than us. Like we, like we had no, no capital. So we just could, we just bought kegs and put beer in it. Right. And like, we had an yeah. opportunity to rent some space off, off the college. So we did it. And uh barn cat kind of went a different direction. Like they were able to sc- scrape together some money to get some small gear and, and, and go, go that route. And, you know, from my understanding, they're still doing great. So that's, oh, yeah. that's awesome. But, that's um, killer. Yeah, okay, April. Awesome, I would say April 2015 was was our first uh, was our first round. It was. I can tell you lots of funny stories about that, but like we had such a hard time just selling five oh, hecks of that beer. That was my next question. It took. It was hilarious. Think, like, yeah, people wouldn't have been like, "What the fuck is this? Why is it? What's wrong with?" Yeah, you? They, they had no idea. No idea. Yeah. No idea what it was, and it was. We were like, uh, you know, it's awesome. Try it, you know. And yeah. as soon as they put it on, it took off, which was great. But like. It was uh, it was such a hard sell. I, I think it took me seven or eight weeks to sell five hundred liters. So, Jeez. okay, uh, initially, Jeez. and then another you know another almost month to sell the next five hundred liters, and then and then it kind of got on better than that. But like that was kind of the story um, uh, initially, anyway. Um, okay. But yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. I learned a ton. Um, I'm definitely technical. Uh, my knowledge is technical in the in the brewing industry, but that forced me to have an appreciation for what guys like Mike and Steve do on a daily. 
mm-hmm. and um, it's made me a better brewer as a result. So I, you know, it's 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 been it was as much as it it didn't work out, it worked out wonderfully as well. Uh, if you want to, if I can think, I can say that. I love that. I love that. Uh, thank you guys both for answering that. I know there was a little off topic, but I feel like it paints the picture about your. No, it all leads to where we we are today, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like yeah. If I'm curious about it, then uh, I imagine that uh, you know a lot of people watching and listening will feel the same way. Um, so, would you guys want to do the next beer? You feeling ready? Yeah. Sure. So, ready. Hasty time. I won't f it up this time. No, you're good. Beautiful. There we go. Yeah, so you guys we did it. The, I got to walk a few steps. Do you want to start telling us about uh, that beer? Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rob, tell us, tell us the story, Rob. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> so our, our, our hazy IPA is sort of our um, homage to those East Coast style IPAs. I don't think I can get as specific as a Vermont style, but um, we were, we're we're trying to replicate or um, – Again, just uh, just recognize that it's a, a wonderful beer style and super enjoyable to drink. And we wanted to we want to sort of make a non-alcoholic version that sort of hopefully stands 3D. up. And uh, yeah, look at that! Look at this gorgeous little guy. And again, you like the packaging? As, um, love it. I, I'm a big fan of block colors. I love block colors because then it stands out. If you put them all in the fridge together, they look gorgeous. I, I think simple is Thank often, you. often better. I think it's yeah. put, We put a lot of time and effort, all of us, Rob, Mike, and then just yeah. figuring out packaging that, that we liked. You know, the, it was really a lot of trips to the supermarket, walking up and down aisles, not just at beer, but just products. What really struck us and I think it's a little more old school, a little more traditional in many ways, mm-hmm. and it's boldest. But the colors are very different. But um, I love the the colors are my favorite part, particularly this yeah, one. Yeah, like me too. Teal or aqua, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Half know, day it's, blue. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It just it just kind of <laughs> like what would you call it? Half day blue. Well, it's half day hazy. Oh yeah, half day blue. Half day blue. I like that. Half day, okay, actually, here's a good question for you. Sorry, yeah, my Rob, we'll get back to the beer once. No, but, no, uh, so, um, again, we go about friends and family. When we started this, Harmon, just so you know, is my mother's maiden name. That's what That was going to be one of my questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's my mom's maiden name. So I'm originally from the U.S. I'm from New York City. So I got a lot of cousins who talk like this who are from, you know, Coffee over Queens, here. Long Island, Bron- Brooklyn, most. And um, I know so – What's that? I know the vibes. This is my favorite accent ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, um, so we were, you know, we asked them like their opinion. They were all thrilled to have Harmons and because they all, all their sisters, there was five of them. So all my cousins are all happy. But when we started asking them some questions about names and, and my friends in America, especially, we said half day and no one understood what that meant. And that's when it occurred to me that, you know, I've lived in Canada now 21 years. It's a very UK Commonwealth expression to say a half day. Is that something you used? Because yeah, it was like right? a, like a half day at school or work or, or work whatever or, it might be. It's super yeah, common. It's super common. It thing. didn't resonate at all with any Americans, and I realized that's when I I've been here a, a while because I was like, <laughs> it's a half day, and they're like, like what's that? It's a half day. <laughs> the Americans don't take half days. Right? No, they just you know, get like, forced oh. to work. No benefits. No nothing. Exactly. Just work. Which is interesting. But it's more of just a cultural 
Ah, nuance, I guess. But. That is always interesting seeing the differences, even though there's an imaginary line. And like, even though I'm here now and it's, I haven't been traveling much in the last three years and it's very different yeah. in Canada. Very different. Most people it think, is. Yeah, it is. Different. I mean, uh, even the craft beer scene here is so much more uh, lager, well, was very lager oriented versus, uh, you know, Michigan, Ohio, New York State, you know, that they, they were really shocked at how much lager is made up of the, the craft scene. In, in Ontario specifically. Yeah. yeah, well, in Ontario, yeah, like Cream or Steam Whistle, Organic, you know, those were the big craft brands, you know? Mm-hmm. In the and, early uh, days, I guess you mean? In the last 10 years, yeah. The last 10 still, years? No, volume-wise, they're still huge, yeah, volume, compared yeah. to... It's probably the, the, the biggest, I would say, volume. I would say culturally, like in craft beer, the biggest would be a hazy IPA, like a New England style IPA. Is in the as- biggest... Seller right now in the LCBO is that it's Flying Monkeys, Juicy Ass, yeah, which is Ju- still- yeah, yeah, they sell tons of that stuff. So you're right, yeah. but it's um, but a lot of like it's the, like a cult, big logger contingent. There definitely is, even if you think about like cult craft beer is like the the lineup culture, like what what which beers or which styles are people going to go and line up for? It's either hazy IPAs, uh, like heavily fruited smoothies, or um, barrel aged stouts, typically. Typically the pastries. At least in Montreal, there was a real big lineup culture. I had lined up in Ontario before too, but I feel like it's maybe few and further between. But the, if you look at what people are kind of circle jerking over, it's typically all of that. But <laughs> I almost feel like lagers have made this crazy comeback over the last three, four years, maybe a little bit before COVID. And yeah. I think it's because my theory, I've said this on here before, was the, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the, the Czech republic have a government program are you familiar with that where they send brewers to the czech republic for over this sort of like i don't know if it's an exchange program but they have this thing where they you go over there and you hang out for i believe it's only a week it's not super long and you they take you around and um you know you meet the equipment manufacturers and the malt the growers and the um a hop sellers like the whole works and basically get people kind of obsessed with Czech beers. And I feel like they did that enough because I noticed it between Quebec and Ontario. All of a sudden there's this whole like flood of um Czech style lagers and pilsners. And I feel like that has been a big driver for for a lot of in at least renewed interest in in the style. That's great. Which I think That's is sick. super interesting. I I would tend to agree with you on the lager side from from the from the craft guys, uh at least paying attention to it a bit more. I do think it goes back to just <laughs> slightly before COVID and COVID There's, probably put the brakes on it more than anything else. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like kind of, kind of slowed that down. I think probably, you know, summer 2019, it was kind of starting. You, you, you'd see them, you know, craft guys are sh- sort of showing that off. Like there's a lot of Instagram slow pouring going on, mm, you know, with the, the slow the check taps, That's hundred percent. you know yeah. what I mean? Like even before it the, looks super the tech, the Luca it was the it was a three step slow pour thing even out of a regular yeah, tap yeah. or a can. Then the Luca started right. coming on because I remember in I discovered it in like Virginia in like 2019. I was like, the fuck is this? And it was yeah. crazy. And then I think, but yeah. I think the slow pour for Instagram where they had those meringue big ass heads that like yeah, which is totally man. It, it look it it's looks gorgeous. super sexy and and sure like are you gonna wait twenty minutes for your slow pour? I'm <laughs> I'm not, but like not if to. it looks good on if it if it drives people through the front door, why why not? But um, and then I think it just kind of hit a bit of a speed bump with with COVID, and I, mm. I'd say it probably comes back pretty strong. Uh, maybe this year, hopefully, that'd be that'd be nice to see. Frankly, for for all the Ontario craft guys, 
and yeah. um, and off we go. So, yeah, um, I, I can't remember the starting question on that, but that's oh, okay. We were talking <laughs> about the hazy. Talk about this. Could oh. just be the half day uh, hazy IPA. Um, tell us about yeah. this one, fellas. Yeah. So uh, again, um, always flavor forward and balance are kind of the driving driving points here. Again, uh, we're trying to not have anything massively over bitter again. So having just enough bitterness to balance a malt character and then having just enough malt character to support all the dry hopping going on. And that's kind of, you know, from a technical point of view, that's something I was thinking a lot about. And then, you know, it's got to have, uh, stylistically, it's got to have a touch more of that, you know, that maltness to it. And then, at that point, you think about, okay, well, how do I keep it super hazy or as, as hazy as I can in the can, given given the nature of the product and, and what we're doing with it? So, like, again, those, like, the, the malt selections there are, are leading towards that element, right? So, what do I need to sort of keep the haze in? Um, and it's not, frankly, it's not all that different from any other hazies out there, right? We're, we're using a little bit of wheat. We're using a little bit of oats. We're getting that sort of cloudy nature to it. And, and then that is 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 uh, offset by you know uh, just regular straight barley malt, and that's sort of we wanted it to like look like sort of sunrise sunset, particularly kind of sunsetty in color. I see that. Um, so we just we just wanted to touch on that, um, and uh, and and off you go. So it's really just again just uh, us paying homage to to an awesome style, and want it to be considered uh, a flavor forward wonderful beer. Um, that's oh, yeah. kind of our kind of our goal. Yeah, uh, this one is. Fantastic. I think yes, go, Stephen. I don't know if I can say this yet, but it seems to be evolving into our most popular of the three. It's still early days, but I just came back from BC, mm-hmm. and we did a trade show in in Vancouver, and hands down, that was the most popular one. Of course, BC is a very flavor forward hop town, you know, like Vancouver yeah. and all these places have great yeah. beer. So uh, it was really nice to see the reaction from that scene as well. So, That's awesome. Who knows though? I mean, I love them all for different reasons, right? But you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what how this horse race plays out. I can see yeah, people absolutely. enjoying this one a lot, particularly if you're hitting the um, the like we're talking before, like the sort of heavy craft consumer. Because I guess you guys have a much wider kind of like target demo, I would imagine, than just the typical totally, craft yeah. beer drinker. You know, that's going to be our. Our biggest fan, hopefully, and that's the, what do they call them? Your early adopter. Mm, mm, I mean, clearly, if you don't like beer, you're not going to like this stuff. And I, that's kind of my joke to people when I'm sampling, because right. you get people who are like, "Oh, you know," I'm like, "Do you like beer?" I'm like, "Well, not really." I'm like, well, <laughs> then you'll hate this stuff because it's beer. <laughs> you know, it like beer. it's what it is. Yeah. And then they're pleasantly surprised because, oh, it's not that bitter. I'm like, well, it's a style of beer that isn't overly popped, and you know, so it's um. And I think that's the misconception, not just with non-alcoholic beer, with beer in general, that beer, beer is bitter. Beer is, you know, you know, scrape your tongue off. It's, you know, there's so many styles of hops and it's really remarkable how, you know, crossbreeding these plants has created a whole, you know, these plants can taste like mango or they can taste like pineapple or it's just, or, you know, it's remarkable. And, you know, and it's not like a GMO thing. It's just clever you know, husbandry, I guess you'd call it, you know, just, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And they're always There's coming that out element new- to it. And like, I think from, from like, if you think sort of maybe Ontario history and like, you know, I don't want to get, it's 
American craft went through it as well. But like at one point it was the, the drive to put as many IBUs into, oh, yeah. into a beer oh, as possible. Right. Like the torpedo, can we get to a hundred, can we get to a hundred IBUs and then can we get to 120 and then can we just like, you know, make your face pucker cause it's so crazy. Right. And like, um, and I, I think that maybe, you know, the casual, the casual beer drinker who, initially tried craft beer back whenever that would have been like, I don't know, like nineties or whatever. It um, probably, you know, see, people kind of maybe turn yeah. their nose up a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But it, it's funny that it sticks with people that long, really, you know what I mean? Or that's their, that's their impression of, of, of what's going on. Right. Or what's hilarious to me is someone yeah. who would try like a, a light lager and think that was bitter. And it's just perspective at that point, which is, which is also super funny. But, um, if your palate's not used to it, but but we're finding that people really enjoy this across the board. But you know, craft fans to people who aren't necessarily big beer drinkers. But you know, I I like to say that if you like beer, if you like good beer, you'll like our stuff, and that's that's our target demo. But yeah, I mean, it's not young people drinking ready to drink White Claws and neutrals and all that stuff. That's that ain't our scene, man. I, um, to, to, to Steve and Mike's credit, too, like one thing both of those, both uh, Steve and Mike are, are big proponents of is is just getting out and having people try it, regardless of what the reaction yeah. is. Like, and you know that's a big that's been a big push for us this year. Steve, like you said, he was he just did a show in in uh, in Vancouver, and mainly it was the gauge gauge reaction and 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 talk to folks. Um, we did the Cottage Life show a couple weeks back. That was yeah. fantastic for us. It was, was awesome. Wonderful. Um, next week we're doing restaurant Canada and like, it's just all the same thing. Right. And we'll hit various farmers markets throughout the GTA and down Ryan and Hamilton. Um, hopefully this summer and, and, you know, not every week, but we'll, we're trying to sort of, uh, have a guest spot as kind of our, our selling pitch and hopefully people buy into it. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, if we swing by once a month, that's, and, and hit a few different ones, that's kind of really appealing for us and hopefully for the venues as well. And, and, but liquid to lips and having people try it regardless of what the reaction is, is kind of what you have to do. And if, um, that's, it's just part of the game. I love that. You said you're in Hamilton. Yep. Nice. So, so are we, maybe you and neighbors. Uh, so, uh, I'm, uh, Ancaster ish. So up the, okay. up the mountain to up the, the west. <laughs> okay. I'm near Gage yeah. Park ish. So a little on the lower side, but it's not. Oh yeah, no, cool. Like, yeah. Totally. Know that area. Yeah. Hamilton's great. Awesome. Love it. Let, let's happen love it. out there. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Um, okay, this is this is fascinating, but this beer is great. Obviously, I'm already halfway through it. Um, super tropical. The nose is is really bright, um, super fruity. I'm definitely getting that mango and everything in there. What are the hops specifically in this one? Hop, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of blends, so I, I tend to blend a lot of my dry hopping. Uh, I don't think that's uncommon. I just I I do no, love doing cool. it. Yeah. Um, uh, but the big ones in there are it's Mosaic, Citra, and uh, Simcoe are sort of gotcha. the, the 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 Brent blend. Uh, I'm not going to give ratios, but um, that's sort of what we're working with uh, with those three. And you know yeah. we're trying to give that you know like I just said a little tropical note, little you know kind of uh, you know got that classic Citra note as well, which is really nice to sort of to to hold it down, and and, and then sort of kind of pairs well with that sort of sunsetty uh, color of the beer, right? So. Um, that was kind of the iteration there and, um, yeah, all super, uh, for anyone technical, it's, uh, all super late additions, obviously. And, uh, you know, significant dry hop going in uh, as well. And, um, 
you know, having that balance when there's no, you know, 0.5% or less alcohol in it is, is frankly the key to making that work so nicely. And, um, again, a lot of dump beer. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dedicated yeah. together, right. No, that's awesome. This is, uh, this is probably my favorite too. I can see, I think they all have their place and I really love the next one we're going to do because I love West Coast as well. Me too. But there's, I don't know, there's something about about this and I feel like this will be the kind of what you're talking about before, Steve, where if people don't like beer, I've found that when I have friends who don't like beer, I'm like, yo, try this and it's a New England IPA. They're like, oh my God, it's not. You have friends who don't like beer? Oh, can't imagine that. My girlfriend's friends. I was (laughs) She's my friend too. But I specifically one one friend. Well, she's my friend now. But she I showed her we're in New York and um I gave her I was drinking another half and she's like, Oh, can I have can I try it? Why does it look like that? I'm like, sure, have a sip. And she's like, Oh wow, this is fantastic. So I've always remembered that as being such a I feel like New England and this kind of style beer is is very much underrated gateway beer for people who don't yeah. like beer because so it doesn't taste like what they think of fizzy yellow grandpa water type of beer so it's sort of (laughs) agreed which obviously the three of us are fans of but you know this is something that uh a lot of people can this will probably speak to more the most palates would be my if i had to hazard a guess that's probably what i would uh assume and i guess you guys will probably start to find out more as you know the more people get to we shall see the more you get to do it um no this is fantastic so the next part of the story, and I like these little, like we're pausing and going on tangents. This is fun. So then the next part was, all right, so, you know, Mill Street, Bruin, everything's all there. You go your separate ways, obviously, when when all of that finished, everyone's doing different things. How did this particular project start? Where was the idea from? Like, how did you guys come up with it all? So um, I had stopped drinking um, 2000, what, what year? It was 20, it's 2023 before the pandemic started. It was like, yeah, November and, uh, went with the family on a holiday to San Diego. Okay. And, uh, you know, I honestly, Crazy this, the it. stopping drinking was, was long overdue. It, it's a rough industry to be in for, for many years. Uh, you see, you know, young guys developing gout and, you know, just, Drinking constantly is, is it's not good for you, and you know it's just part of the uh, the industry that you know it, it's a tough thing to do. Um, so it, it, I needed the rest, and as I went on this holiday, um, of course, Patty, my wife, was saying um, she needed some white wine. So off, off to the liquor store I went down in this is in La Jolla. Oh yeah, and as I go in. Uh, you know, I, I look up and there's a whole section on the wall of craft non-alcoholic beer. Like these were just little indie breweries that I had never heard of with all kinds of different flavor profiles and styles. There was wheat beers, apricot wheat. There was hazy beers. Um, what was that? That Brooklyn Special Effects. Um, that was a couple of these just fantastic ones. So what did I do? I just grabbed one of each, headed back to our Airbnb. And for the rest of the holiday, just like cracking on vacation, just drinking these things and going, holy crap, holy crap. I mean, some were better than others. Of course. But the fact that there was such variety. And for me, I, I wanted a beer. I loved beer, you know. It was tough not drinking, you know. Um, and to have this area. really satisfied my, my craving. Mm. It was awesome. So I called Rob. I think I might have texted you. I don't know. I was like, Rob, how, how do we do this? Can you do this? Have you ever done it? 
<laughs> Rob, had you ever made non-alcoholic beer before? Uh, no, and, and, until I started plugging away on, on our project, uh, I'll, my interest it was purely technical, like how do you go about it? And that was driven more so from, you know, more my role in, in at the college, at Niagara College, was was just to sort of, okay, let's do a little deep dive in here, see if I can find some some uh, interesting things to talk about. And if I can get it into, uh, fit it into one of my courses, I, I'll just have a little blurb on it, just be like as a, as a sort of tangent more than anything else, because you know, at that time, we've been paranoid about trying to get our product out. But like, even back in 2020, like it's been an explosion since then. So, mm. yeah. um, from there, we really uh, need time. it was like, sorry, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Steve. No, just the, we. I knew the timing. Like, it just a light bulb went off, saying that this is an opportunity. This is my chance to get back in the game, and I know a guy who could nail this. Um, but but timing is everything, right? And Absolutely. I knew that other people would be jumping on this, as Rob's saying to it. So while we just wanted to get on it, like just making it right, <laughs> we, had to, yeah. we had to take your time. Was, we don't want to screw tough. it up. So like I had, um, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've got my little tiny pilot brewery in my garage and kind of started right away, just plugging, plugging away. And like, frankly, uh, I would be embarrassed if you tried the beers that came off of that brew system the first few times, like, Probably the first five or six were horrible, frankly, in my opinion. They were okay. Like they did what they were supposed to do. They sort of gave a direction as to as to how we wanted to approach this. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, garbage, frankly, uh, in my opinion. Um, and, so, yeah, and it, it was going to take as long as it was going to take. Like there was no like, Rob, you have to have it ready by January first, or we're we're going to be out of. There was no pressure like that. It was more just, you know, we're, we'll get ready, and in the meantime develop the brand, develop the names yeah. and all, all the fun stuff that yeah. went with it. And so, then that's like, your Mike, so, who is not here. Yeah. And, so and like, so, so much work on all fronts. And, and like, as I, like, as we continue to iterate, at least on my end, um, the path became more and more clear as to how we wanted to do this and, and, and sort of make it, it it's, it's a, har- it's a harm and spin. It's, it's, it's our spin on, on, on one, what, what not, non out can be. And, uh, we just want to share that, and that's kind of the that's kind of the play. Like that's the idea. Zero point five percent beer is on the extreme low end of the beer scale if you're thinking alcohol wise. But you know, there's also beers that live at ten, twelve, and h- higher percentages, right? So, like, if you want to say five percent is where ninety nine percent of the beers are, ninety five percent of it, we're right down at the other end. And but it still has to be compelling as a beer, and that's how right. we sort of approached our beer making and. Um, and yeah, so as Steve said, it was um, there was no set timeline. It was like, can we make it awesome? And if mm-hmm. we can, let's talk about moving the football down the field a bit more. You know? Okay. Yeah, and Mike came into it. Uh, Mike and Rob were high school best buddies, and Rob said, "Hey, you know, I, I've got a friend who's really interested to get into something entrepreneurial." Um, and Mike has a background in sales and marketing and logistics, which is something that. You know, let's face it, like I, I was used to, you know, having three channels to sell your beer, right? You got the LCBO, maybe a little bit of the grocery, and that came later, the beer store, and bars and restaurants on premise, right? Licensee, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And with, with this now, we have e-commerce, we have grocery stores, we have health food stores. I, one of my biggest customers is a butcher shop 
and got three locations in the East. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I can sell this stuff anywhere, which is, right. I, I think I mentioned earlier, it's liberating. It's great that we can do it, but it, it wasn't my wheelhouse. So Mike's background in e-commerce and understanding logistics and the co- what it costs to ship stuff. And he has been in- incredibly uh, helpful and integral in, in getting this thing going. And uh, yeah, I mean, he even wrote all the code. Remember our website? He did all the code. Yeah. And he, guys are whiz. We call him numbers. I didn't... I didn't... I don't, yeah, I didn't even know he could do that, frankly, which is great. But like, <laughs> um, I think you do that. Where, yeah. I, like where Mike, where Mike comes in, and 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 I feel his real strength uh, to the group is he has the ability to um, understand the larger, like the macro chains, and and the strategies they employ, yeah. and you know the smaller chain stores are doing the same thing, just not at scale, but. Like that's Mike's world and he understands it. And, um, uh, we can, you know, we can bounce ideas off him all the time and he can give him his, like his take. Right. And then, you know, I think Steve and I come from that bit more sort of craft indie world where, you know, you just knock on the door of the bar and you'd be like, you harass people. And like, that's my strength and it's, I'm, I'm not even good at it, but like, that's the world I come from. And, (laughs) you know, you can't do that at Loblaws, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, it's just not happening. Right. So, like, um, you know, Mike's been great. Hey, Galen, sell and, my and beer. It's like, come on. That's it. And not to mention all the other stuff he's, he's excellent <laughs> at, but I feel his, his ability to sort of talk that language and walk, walk that line is, is, has been really helpful for us. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we all bring something different to the table and it's been a great, partnership. Um, and again, I reiterate, you know, having been kicked in the nuts, you know, for the last year and a half repeatedly, um, uh, we still manage to laugh and have fun. Um, and you know, we don't sit in a room together. I I think we've actually been together, you know, maybe a dozen times now over the past few years. It's, you know, there are meetings like this. We just, we're all in different places, uh, all taking care of different aspects of the biz. And, uh, you know, and these guys, they have day jobs too, right? Like it's, I, I'm still doing this full time for, and it's, it's a lot of work, but um, it's fun to, to see it moving forward. And, you know, when you sample and you get those kind of reactions, it makes it all worthwhile. So yeah, um, I just feel like we're, we're at a, a precipice is the industry is changing and evolving and it's fun to be a part of that change. Hmm. Kind of cool. I agree a lot. We were chatting about this uh, just before we started. I think it's a fascinating conversation as far as like exactly that. Like the industry is changing, drinking habits are changing, and the way that mm-hmm. the brewing business instead of and this maybe sets off the the conversation. I have uh, we did a podcast a few months ago. I think we called it the future of craft beer, and uh, and the idea is that. And I, I didn't come up with this information, but um, people were sort of looking. Uh, I think I saw a video and read an article. There were, you know, either beer publications or even like, I think one of them was like MSNBC or something. So people are talking about this as far as like the beer business. And they were saying that breweries need to be craft beverage businesses, not just craft breweries. Um, and it's a fascinating yeah. thing because I've seen, I mean, this is what we were saying. We've seen the rise. I think the first thing to really change was probably the seltzers. I think that might've started yeah. happening 2019, 2020. Um, non-elk, right. I think probably around the same time. It was always around, but it was almost always just the macro brands um, doing them. And, and it was all. 
It was. It definitely was. Um, I didn't. Every time I ever tried them, I drained anything, and then, then I, I think other different things. You know, I've seen like the hard kombucha, and then all the RTDs. Like, funnily enough, I grew up in Australia, and RT, we, you know, when we were fifteen, we were drinking RTDs. It was that was what was around like you know jim beam and coke was actual thing like you know you have well mum did buy them for me shasta mom. but you know you have three five percent you take them to a party when you're 15 you get trash it's a good time but that was the most convenient way because you didn't want to have a bottle because then everyone they're all young they all want to get a shot hey, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough to sneak into something yeah Exactly right. Oh, everyone wants to take it from me. And you're a broke child, so you didn't have enough. You know, you don't want to steal a twenty-five dollar <laughs> bottle of Jim Beam. So fuck if I got three cans, I'm good yeah, to go. Yeah. No one wants you can. So like, you know, RTDs to see the RTD boom, like literally close to thirty years later, uh, is quite funny to me. That that's how long. You know, it, I, I think there probably was some stuff here, but it was never popping. But either way, so in Canada and the U.S., it was one product that I was just talking about this today with someone called Zima, mm -hmm. and Zima was I. I guess it was a malt liquor that had some kind of bubbles in it. I don't know. It was. Do you remember that, Rob? You probably don't. But it I was. Don't. I, what I was don't. I don't remember that. Like it, it was Z I M A Zima. Oh, that's the name it of was, the product. Yeah, it was ahead of its time, but it was. I think what it evolved into, like what we have now with Neutral and and White Claw, okay. Zima. It was cheap and and yeah. You bring it, it to also, a party. What was the one? That was, I remember I worked in the beer store when I first lived here uh, in 20, 2004. And it was one of those ones where it was like, it looked like those popsicles that were like blue, white, and red. And it had like stripes across it or something. Was it called? It was oh. like poppers or something, was it? Does that sound familiar? No, no, my kid likes that stuff. Yeah. That, that's was, like a, is that a vodka cooler? I think it might have been. The cooler is probably a better word. That's exactly the right word. As a, like, I guess it's yeah. not a TD, but it would. I remember that being the only one, and maybe they had Bacardi breezes or something back then too. Um, yeah, there was wine coolers right. were very popular in the eighties. Yes, wine coolers. That was another. Oh, yeah, they were big. I see this. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about Australia because the Australian non-alc scene is is. Ex Exploding. It's huge. It's way bigger than here. And you got some really interesting brands like Soba. Um, there's one with a little brain that walks around like and really cheeky, you know, Aussie advertising that gets it. You know, because I'm watching all over the world who's doing this. And the Aussies have been doing a fantastic job of marketing it. And good. I assume it tastes good. I haven't actually <laughs> been able to try it. But the UK is another place. Uh, have you heard of Mash Gang? Mash Gang, no. That's a, oh, like, write them down. Mash Gang. Go yeah, check them out on Instagram. Holy man. They are, um, I, I guess, what do you call them? Gypsy brewers? Okay. Yeah? Well, they just brew yeah. anywhere. Gotcha. Here we go. Mate. But they collaborate yeah. with everybody. Northern Monk and all, all these different UK brands. But they do some funny stuff. And it's it's like five tattooed dudes who are into like punk rock and hip hop and stuff. And they are hilarious. But pushing the boundaries of what you can do. With non-alcoholic beer, it's all okay. 0.5. See, that's cool to hear. It's got a great vibe. And again, I've never tried this stuff, but I follow them just because I think they're fascinating and unabashedly non-alcoholic. You know, it's that looks fun, man. I don't know. Yeah, yeah Mash Gang are really cool. So check them out. Branding, but I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of not surprised. Now you're saying this, I'm kind of not surprised that you're saying it about those two countries specifically because I think yeah. also the UK had a big RTD kind of presence back in the day. So it may be, it's almost like I'm 
pulling this out of my ass right now, but it's it could be because they're used to doing these other types of beverages where maybe North America is a little more straight and narrow that they got a little bit more creative and they did, you know, dive into scenes like non-alcoholic beer when they, you know, you just had absolutely macro brands that were kind of pretty pedestrian and nothing interesting. Now they people are like, oh, you know, there are a lot of people who want to open a can and have the experience of participating in yeah. social activities and don't, you know, be around that without having to drink alcohol. And it's the perfect solution to that. And why can't it have flavor? Why can't it be fun? It's well, I mean, like one of the fastest growing brands that's not beer is it's that crazy water, death metal, or whatever it's called, or liquid death, liquid death. Liquid- Liquid death, you know, and it's water. <laughs> People do. I mean, the branding's pretty hilarious, and, and you know, they're trying to kill your thirst or whatever. It's, it's funny, but yeah, I, I, there's there's room for humor, not taking yourself so seriously. I mean, I know we're talking about RTDs, and we're bouncing around a little, but you know, just to be clear, like we're not preaching sobriety. Hey, there's a hand for the beer. Oh, I, I, um, you know, it, I forgot. I got a wide shot. That's awesome. <laughs> well, um, that was very cool. <laughs> you know, it's all about, uh, you know, moderation or whatever the reasons you're drinking this stuff for. It, it's none of our business, but we're creating this brand because we want to play in the same sandbox as I turn the can incorrectly again. There we go. You know, as, as regular craft beers, we want to be part of that club because that's where we came from. Um, right. We don't want to stick something on it that would, you know, make you stand out at a party or a get together, go, Oh, what's he drinking? Like, you know, you all right, buddy. Like, you know, why you, this, right, this is something that you could just enjoy. Hello. You can enjoy. And- <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you are. I've got a very wide shot. It's okay. Uh, Stephen Rob say hi. Hello. Um, so sorry, but yeah, I think, and, and no, that's what I've noticed universally. The ones that, that I gravitate towards are the ones that just, you know, are treating it like any other craft beer, you know? And to me, I think that's really the way we need to look at it. You know, you know, when I stopped drinking, I I started again, but obviously with a very different perspective Mm. and this stuff, you know, is really for me, like selfishly, it's when we started this, you know? So I I don't act like an ass all the time. (laughs) My my wife's (laughs) still married to me and, uh, you know, I got, you know, it just, um, it works. It's, it's worth it. So, Whatever, you know, well, whatever you, you, you just, do, whatever it takes. Your, your your beer just appeared out of the screen there, but like you know, we just want to live in your your craft beer fridge alongside all your other craft beers. I think that's kind of a really simple way yeah. to put it, and um, that's like uh, that. you know, kind of the core of what we're trying to do. I'd say more than anything else, right? Um, uh, and 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 hopefully we 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 make that happen, which is kind of what we want to do. <laughs> that's very cool. I like that. Right now, I like that for the episode name. Uh, we want to live in your fridge. Um, we want to live in your fridge. I like that yeah, a lot. That's we a do. Name. So, what we were talking, you know, what? Let's crack the next one if you guys are down, and then I want to get more into sort of the the topic of sort of the the fu- the where the future, I guess, of of the brewing industry and where this fits in and why it's important. Uh, for you guys, have already touched on a lot of the reasons, whether it's balance in the lifestyle, which it sounds mm. like. It's worked really well for you, Steve. And to be honest, it worked a lot for me and my partner as well. I never liked this stuff and it really, really helped me. I'm not in the industry like you guys are, but I do enough of this that I'm drinking way more than I should be. And this has really helped me to uh, reduce that with no qualm, not like feel like I'm missing out. I actually look forward to the nights off so I can have some 
great yeah. non-alcoholic craft beer you know it's it, i don't feel less than that's what you just said i, I want to echo that like i don't yeah, feel no, like i'm like it's, sacrificing it's not fun about or, that at all yeah no it's you not. shouldn't be punished right and what we call a penalty box beer you know like when the old <laughs> non-alcoholic beer if you were the designated driver and you were stuck drinking the stuff while your buddies are getting tanked you know like What'd you do wrong? You know, you're trying to do the right thing and you're forced to drink this garbage, you know? So, you know, we're trying to change that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I think like one of like, it, it would be a really sort of happy result for me personally, if, if we were able to, you know, be more inclusive and bring more people to the, to the table of craft beer, if that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. I, you don't. Really, I really like that idea. Um, it's not something we're actively trying to do, uh, other than sort of sample our beer. But we hope that um, we hope that people um, feel our beers are approachable. I think that's really important for us. Yeah, I, I definitely would imagine uh, that's exactly how they feel. Speaking of approachable, I want to approach this beer right now. The uh, <laughs> oh, you like that? That was, nice. good. that was good. That was good. Uh, the late, the final beer for the evening uh, of the flagship beers, if I'm not mistaken, is Jack Pine, the West Coast IPA. Oh, actually, a pale ale. I'm sorry. I would call it. You've called it a pale ale. I would refer to it as a West Coast pale ale. Is that a fair or accurate? That is completely fair and accurate, and okay. uh, and definitely, definitely something we're trying to do. Um, I love both. It. I love by, the contrast. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's got that we're, you know, we're not hiding behind that. It's, it, it's, I would say from, if we, we think about hazy as sort of the most, you know, uh, um, popular hoppy style currently, mm -hmm. this is sort of a, a throwback to like early days of, um, uh, uh, uh West coast pale ales and IPAs sort of, uh, we're talking a, about a lot of people had, a lot of people had the introduction to craft beer, uh, through this, through this style and i just wanted to sort of well we did we just wanted to sort of respect that and hopefully uh you know subtly reintroduce it in the non-alc world i think is, is a nice way to say it you don't and the other thing is you don't you don't really see too much of it anymore because so focused like hazy pails and hazy ipas and that's sort of like you know we're we're moving away from like the, the trend has been moving away from any of the darker malts in in those styles of beers um, this is not the case and, and, and we hope to, uh, you know, we hope people dig it. I love it. It's, it definitely looks different. It's definitely, uh, you know, looks like what you would consider a West coast IPA, kind of like an old school West coast IPA, which, uh, mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I've been drinking highlight here from cigar city, yep. um, which is just a classic. Oh yeah. It's Florida. Very, yeah. Yeah. Very similar, um, color, which I'm loving in it. Yeah. It's a great you, beer brings you back but that's why i appreciate about this because there's different there's like the newer school west coast that are they aren't quite as darker malts and they're a little brighter that's with right. the more tropical i feel like you've kind of hit like a the, at least the aesthetic of the old school but kind of with the the hot like a sierra nevada kind of yeah exactly we, we definitely like we de we definitely weren't going like we definitely wanted to sort of lean citrus pine on this right like citrus up front like that nice little subtle piney backbone mm -hmm. like that was kind of that was kind of the feel Money. to go along with the old school like the older school look if you will yes and um you know we'll we'll, we'll continue to sort of uh, um you know refine and 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 iterate but you know stay within that category right we we're we're I'm a big fan this is jack pine's my favorite one so um and uh, you know, 
I, I hope other people get behind it like I have. <laughs> I think Jackpot that is my favorite too. That yeah. is that's my. I was about to yeah. ask. Okay. Well, first of all, that cheers to the faves. Cheers. Yeah. This Rob, is when, when's your can from? What do you what do you have a date code on yours? Let's see on mine, Rob. Yeah. The yeah, bottom. Got, this is older. This is older code for me. Me too. I got 10th of so hold it up. Mm. No. So yours is good, yeah. Mine's mine's a few months older, I realize it. No, this is this is fine. Like I do I do one of the things I've I've learned to love about re-love about West Coast, because obviously, you know, you go through the you know, the BF well, the kids these days getting into beer, they probably didn't do it how we did it, where you get into the low, you know, whatever, you start drinking the macro fizzy stuff like lagers and stuff, and then you move mm. through, you know, ambers and brown ales and blah blah blah. Then you go to Belgians and you know, then you there was the obsession with the 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 paddler wrecking West Coasts and and then then all the all the uh, trendy stuff came along. So New England's and smoothies and pastries and blah blah blah. So I feel like a lot of the that's kind of come back around. I feel like this ph- phenomenal West Coast style IPAs that like these days, I'm so glad that there wasn't many available for quite some time. So now I feel like it's in abundance and it's great. And I love that you guys chose to do this specific approach for a non-alc because it's a, something that I drink regularly as the you know alcoholic beer. So I think this is just very welcome and it makes the lineup very rounded. Uh, which I think is important though, because it's a, you know it's appealing to a lot of different palates. You guys obviously been in this for so long that of course I'm not surprised that this is probably your fave. I feel like this one might be a harder sell for some of the newer drinkers, but for people who have at least been into it for yeah, it's definitely five, true since like 2015, be and earlier. This is gonna yeah. really oh, I think yeah. If you're a little older, like you know, in your 40s and up, this is a style that you're more familiar with. And it, it got drowned out like, by yeah, nostalgic. It'll make Very sense. Nostalgic. There's no question. Yeah. And, and, it and, um, so well. and that's the thing, like to, to your point, like it's, it's, it's actually really nice. You see, you see some, uh, local craft guys kind of reimagining West coast iterations. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the one that pops in my mind right now are, are the Fairweather guys. I think they're, they, 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 they put King out a, a couple. Kills it. Yeah. They yeah, just dropped great it, like, beer and, yeah. And so like, you know, more power to them, man. It's nice that they're doing that. And, uh, yeah. um, this is our iteration. You, you mentioned Jai Lai. Um, this, like for me, it's, uh, you know, one of my favorite all time beers is two hearted actually oh, from, from Bells. Yep. Yes. And like, so, you know, I, you know, we're not there yet, but that was the inspiration for Jack Pride in my, like for me, That's um, awesome. I love that beer. Um, it's hard to get obviously up here in Ontario, but you know, every time I ever go to Michigan, that's what I'm getting all the time. Oh so, yeah, I've been looking for it here. Too. I love that one. I still do. Yeah, and uh, and and you know, hopefully we'll get there. We'll get close, maybe. <laughs> I don't say I, I ever want to get ahead of it. I just want to get close. <laughs> that's a great. That's funny because um, a tank house with Mill Street was uh, um, inspired by Sierra Nevada again because we couldn't get it in Ontario, and that was our favorite beer. So the recipe was designed to sort of resemble that. West Coast American Pale Ale. Was that? So. Uh, it's been a while since I've had it. I remember. I remember at the time when I first had, I'm like, whoa, it was the most intense thing in the world to me in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. and that was why it was such an impactful brewery because you're trying these styles because you're just like, oh, it's Toronto brand. Like I'm leaving Toronto. I want to represent. Yeah, you. 
Well, everyone was making sort of these very blonde, fizzy beers, right? And we, we came out with something very unusual. It 100% stood out for that exact reason. And it was, was it, yeah. I, was it actually, a, would you consider it a West Coast IPA now? Or is it like a, or, or a pale ale? We called it an American pale ale, but it was modeled after yeah. Sierra Nevada. So, you know, that I guess sense. that's. Yeah, I, I think stylistically American pale is probably where Tank House lived. Okay. Um, um, yeah, for sure. Dope. Yeah, man, class. Yeah, it was kind of based on a 90s, 80, you know, late 80s. Yeah. Sort of style. style of beer. Um, it was, yeah, and that was a tough sell. You talk about, you know, yeah, selling uh, Bronan, like, you know, nobody wanted that stuff initially. It was, <laughs> oh, it's too bitter. It's so bitter, you know. Yeah. But once it caught on, you know, for a long time, that was the flagship beer at Mill Street until Organic really? overtook until organic it. it. For about six years, that, that was the number one. Interesting. But, you know, I if you're just going to go a little more mainstream, a wider audience. Yeah, it, it, the, the more bitter, flavorful beers will have a limited audience, which is fine. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. One thing that just struck me now, I don't want to derail the convo again, but it's always fascinating. One thing I loved right. as a newer drinker in um, the discovery phase, I guess you would call it, was the mixer packs, so six packs. And every one of those yeah. six packs always had organic tank house and fuck, what was the third one? Um, Stockdale. Stockdale. And then they would all have three, always have the three new ones. And I would buy that every time, even, you know. Do you remember the lemon tea beer? Yes, very well. I used to get Oh, that was a good one. That was a killer. That one was great. Now that Beetlejuice, I, I think that was the, the triple. Ah, Beetlejuice, that was a strong one. That was one. a great yeah. beer. See, that, that beer was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. that type of stuff, think about that, right? You're buying these things. So you've got two, it's hitting two demos. You're getting the person who just wants to drink maybe organic mainly. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm feeling adventurous. I'll try this. And then they get exposed to Tank House and Stock. Stock House probably a little more palatable. Tank House is like, whoa. Then you've got these other ones that are different levels of craziness. But then you've also got. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone like maybe as you're getting a bit more used to it, they're just always putting it in their face because you're always having those three beers there. So then it's like reminding them, Hey, these are all great. These new ones are fun too, but don't forget these classics. Like, I feel like that was such you an like innovative approach. Oh, I love that. I, but I never thought about it until <laughs> right this second about how much impact that had on a newer drinker because it was, I knew I'd be sort of, I wanted to try stuff. And I did this thing called the 365 days of beer where you got to take selfies with the beer um, it had to be wow. a can, bottle, awesome. or labeled pint glass. And I was like, well, there's obviously not 300 in, in a year. And you have to post one per day, but just within a year. And I'm like, well, there's not even 300 beers in the world. This is stupid, but let me give it a crack. First Canadian winter, whatever. And I did it in like seven months. I'm up to like seven and a half thousand now. I just kept going. And then the podcast came. <laughs> but that was That's one of the awesome. main things. Because for me, I'm like, oh, I buy the That's six That's really pack. cool. It was like, but if you think about that, right? Because I came into it with a... Um, exploratory, you know, vibe. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to really see what's up. So I would be, I was still more than happy because sometimes it's annoying as hell. Like I take the picture. Back then, you didn't have cameras on the front of the phone. So you had to turn it yeah, around. Yeah, kind of turn it. And, and then I yeah. had to learn, I used to put the bottle near my head because I knew where my head was in, in the space. So I could take a picture <laughs> with that. And then I couldn't see it. I'm like, oh, it's fuzzy again. Fuck. All right, cool. And then I had to review it and blah, blah, blah. So like sometimes I just wanted a beer that I could just crush and not have to think about it. And I really liked those six packs for that reason because I just and it, and it, but it re I'm thinking from a marketing perspective, it reinforced the brand. And then maybe yep. if someone came over 
And I was like, ah, oh, I got this spare. But hey, you want one of these? I got this tank house. Try that. And then, you know, it, it, anyway, I think it's just a really smart tactic. Um, oh, thank and, you. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it was, um, you know, there's, well, I mean, Steam Whistle was so, we always envied them because they did one, one thing really well. And we were like, oh, man, I wish we could do that. It was just, we <laughs> like to create very challenging uh, <laughs> programs. And of course, the LCBO loved it because, like, what's new? What do you got? So it started off with the mix pack. Mm-hmm. And there would be, you know, a, um, a, a summer and a, a winter one. And then, of course, it evolved into the shoulder packs. So in between those, you'd have the spring and the fall. And of course, fall was my favorite because you had Oktoberfest, the Marzen beer, oh, yes. and the pumpkin beer. Oh, that was right. Brave. So, yes. and those were the shoulders. So it was three and three, right? And um, and the spring, three and three. There was funny names like some naughty imp and maple. There was a maple one. Remember Joel made with maple syrup? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All kinds of shit. I mean, the guy would he would smoke his own malt like in this filing cabinet. I mean, we were always <laughs> Joel was always doing wild stuff. That's awesome. Um, but with an eye or or a, a sense a commercial sensibility, mm. his whole his whole purpose was to make craft beer, uh, you know, like good quality craft beer, respectable on a to the macros. Like to understand, we can make beer as consistent with the best quality on a macro level, but it can still be creative. And, um, that was his mission was to really make, you know, a beer one and beer one, you know, 10,000 taste the same because that was the big problem was consistency, consistency. and quality in the craft scene. You can mask anything with hops, right? Oh, this tastes a little funny. Dump some more crap in it or fruit or whatever it was. And, you know, he, he went kicking and screaming into pumpkin beer. He was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And of course, what he ended up doing was this masterpiece based on his wife's pumpkin pie recipe. He deconstructed it and, you know, he, he took it very, when he did lemon tea, lemon tea was an idea that he'd heard about much like, you know, when we look at these UK beers or Australia, we just kind of have an idea what it might taste like. But he, he started experimenting with tea and what kind of tea would, what do you do to remove the tannins? So you don't have that tanniny, issue and it was bergamot remember it was Ber- it had bergamot and it was yeah. Um, yeah. earl gray tea and orange peak i mean with these he would experiment in his kitchen and you know his wife's freaking out while he's trying to you know test brew and eventually it was this incredible using a wheat base uh, wheat malt base and my god it was so crushable it was so delicious yeah it was a and uh and, and you know, what about like putting nitro in a can? Sorry, I'm yeah. tooting the Mill Street thing. I don't no, know. No, I was very proud cool. of all that stuff. But the they were the first guys to do that, to put a widget in a, in a you know? No one had done that. On the, on, on, on the craft side, side, yeah. Was that cobblestone? On the craft side, yeah. yeah only right, Guinness yeah. and, and yeah. the big guys. We figured out how to do it. And believe me, those cans <laughs> blew up, you know? Holy. Like, you oh, know, yeah, we tell people fun. to back up that we would do <laughs> testers. It was just like, whoa, you know, you wear gloves. Because getting that nitro dose just right, it was right. it was hairy. Yeah. Like the neighbors would be like, oh, what do you got there? I'm like, well, stand back and I'll show you because I'm not sure how this is going to go down. You know, just we, we took some crazy risks and thank you. you no, know, yeah. some of the marketing stuff, it was it was planned. But, you, you know, you throw a fair bit at the wall and see what sticks. But yeah. um, it, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. But. And, you know, and again, with this, it, 
it's the same ethic. You know, we're just trying to have fun That's it. and exactly. experiment. And Rob, Rob's doing, we have seasonal beers. We want to go with the gold medal for the fall start. We did a, um, yeah, for, a, for the margin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And the harvest ale with it's, orange it's, peel. And that's it. Right. So like we're, we're just trying to, you know, again, um, like bring that ethos to, to the non-alc scene and operate with the same principles, right? Can, can we, can we maintain like, like that high quality, that re- repeatability, that sort of, you know, you're going to, if you're going to spend your, your hard earned dollars on this beer, like I personally want it to be as good as the first time you tried it. Yeah. So yep. like that's, that that's sort of what what we're about in in on uh, on the technical side as well, right? So mm. again, we we we're we're aiming to do that. We're aiming to bring that same sort of um, vibe to to our non-alc work as well, and uh, um, and that you know personal sort of internal goals, right? Like I don't think the average customer, other than loving the taste of the beer, <laughs> it would matter. But like to us, it's a really big deal to 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 continue continue that. Both on the marketing and sales side, just being like you know, bring the creative ideas in and and, and see what works and, and and try it and and not be afraid of uh, uh you know of of making a mistake in a sense. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know. Oh it's, yeah. It can be, but it's true. And, and and but worth doing for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I feel like you guys are pushing the limits with this stuff. And like the the fourth oh. beer I had was that though you talk about it was the Harvestdale, right? Yeah. That's what. Yep. Craig, you have so. one on. Okay. No, uh, Craig gave it to me in, I want to say January. He came by um, when he was in Hamilton oh, yeah. and just passed by. And he's like, here, try this. We're working with it's these a little guys. bit less. I think uh, he might have. Yeah, this was – so that was a, a fun one because I love – I'm a big fan of the fall Oktoberfest that sort of have this type of beers as well. So it was really cool. I don't think I'd ever tried a non-alcoholic one before. So it was like – I feel – were these the only four that you guys have done, by the way? Or have you done – I've I've got oh, a bunch oh, of stuff. He's got more. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got stuff. I've got a actually I've got my beer fridge like you know 15 feet that direction actually. Um, I've got a pilsner in there that's uh, an Italian pilsner actually that is uh, oh three months old now. So it's 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 prime. Um, I just sit it and keep it cold because again like ironically the, the one of the funniest things about us is we we're we spend so much virtual time together and we don't actually spend any real time, uh, uh, you know, sitting down sampling. We, we, honestly, we need to, you know, hopefully this summer we get to do a bit more of that. Um, and, uh, uh, so there's that, um, I ended, I ended last, uh, my last R and D session with, uh, like a raspberry sour again, classic, classic iteration and, uh, and a stout, um, that we're really happy with. Oh, um, it's good. So, okay. you know, we, we've got, we've got, we've got those ideas. Um, there's tons, we could do tons more. Um, it's really just, uh, commercializing them that we're actually working on, on that too. Like, uh, from a scale point of, again, I don't want to get too technical about that cause it's, it's just sort of day-to-day business operation for us, but, um, yeah. it's really just how do you make that work at, not necessarily the scale that we're currently at, mm-hmm. but also not the scale that I'm in my garage at. So can <laughs> we make that work is kind of where we, right. <laughs> excuse me, where we sit. And, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as we can, everyone else will know about it. So, okay. um, that that's part of our plan. But so like stout, we got a pills, uh, Italian pills. We got, we got some sour stuff we're working on. Um, uh, 
got some interesting ideas uh, uh, for more pale ales and IPAs all day long. Um, right, so that's, right. um, those are, you know, I'm not limited on, on, on that at all. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see about anything else coming up. So, um, you know, really it's just a matter of iteration. Like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm a bit meticulous in terms of like, okay, guys, what are you thinking? What are you digging? What are you liking? And okay, well, let me have one. I need one or two rips on my home system to get it where nice. And then see if it's, see if we can move it forward from there. Um, it's just part of the process that takes a bit of time, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, you know, I I can't imagine, I can't imagine it being the simplest. Do you have like a midway point between full scale commercial and sort of home? Is there like a, we do, uh, we, we hope we do, we think we do. Um, (laughs) uh, we, we just haven't, we haven't executed on that side as well. Um, as you can imagine, just, just to give you, uh, to, to, to throw some plates in the air here, but like there's the making of the beer uh and you know making fermenting of it uh there's the quality element to it um then there's the packaging side and then there's the distribution side so like not all those things happen in the same spot which makes it really really tricky and um you know on the side note less uh you know we're happy to break even, but we, we kind of need to break even. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of, uh, um, for the, the seasonals. Play there. Yeah. Seasonal, yeah. For the yeah. seasonals. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. it gives you a chance to, to flex and show what you can do creatively and yeah, people look yeah, forward to it. They right? come to expect that with the craft brewery, right? Well, that's part of the plan, right? Like we want to, we want to have some fun that way. And we, uh, you know, we think, uh, um, uh, craft beer fans will, will, will gravitate and have some fun as well. At least that's our hope. I love it. Yeah. Do you guys have, I don't know why it just hit me now. Cause I guess I never thought about it with the non-alcoholic brew, but do you guys have ever have goals to have some sort of physical establishment at all? Or is it make yeah. more sense to continue in on the contract side? Cause then if it doesn't we're, exist. We're, we would love a, a little home and you know, real estate's expensive and mm-hmm. um, equipment and all that. Um, but we we're certainly always looking Right. You know, if stuff comes up on, on the cheap or, you know, there's used equipment, you know, we can put together something just to be able to control the, the R and D portion of it. And, you know, it'll be a mix, like a hybrid of, of contract brewing and then making our own stuff. I've heard um, it can be, and, you know, give Rob yeah. a place to be the mad scientist, you know, and, yeah. and experiment. <laughs> you know? I mean, like also it. like to have people come by too. Right. You know, you like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to we want to have uh, have friends come by and hang out and 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 give them sort of a a space to enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always sort of been uh, part of the discussion. <coughs> um, we'll see if it yeah. ever if it ever gets there, right? And um, and yeah. uh, we hope it does, obviously. And yeah. but I don't think like uh, as the Steve said, I think I think the contract element will be will be part of the plan, um, you know, as well. Frankly. I like that. We're really friends. thrilled to our partners. We're already equals. That's great. In love. Oh, and equals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin's awesome. Justin's a great dude. Um, they they yeah. have some yeah, fantastic he's, stuff. Yeah, he's great. I actually yeah. went to school with Justin in Edinburgh. Oh, no. Sh- oh, yeah, he did go there. I had him on uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, and he reached out to me recently because they they bought um, Side Launch, so we went to chat Side about launch, that, yeah. which is very that's cool. Great. But, okay, that's awesome. I, I have a friend who had a – well, he had it was just a contract brewery. He ended up um, 
purchasing another brewery and kind of merging the brands. But it, he was explaining to me that even if he did get a full brewery, the volume that he was doing through the LCBO and through the um, uh, the contractors, even he himself probably wouldn't be able to match the prices that he was getting due to the volume because it would probably significantly yeah. cut it down. And I was like, ah, oh, I never thought of it like that. Like, so, yeah. you know, some sort of like for making business sense, you know, since we talked about that a bunch, of, you know, it does often make sense to do a nice little mix of, you know, what you can do in-house, which would, you know, for, for your seasonals and sort of like just messing around, you could, that's perfect for that. And then obviously for the larger ones that scale, the just flagships and, well, you know. Um- I'll be honest with you, like Mill Street, that's how we started as well. And it was really the model that we were going to go with. Mm-hmm. The problem was in the early 2000s, you were very uh, restricted or limited on, on who you could re- rely on for reliable contract brewing. There weren't these yeah. places set up that that was all they did, like right. Equals and Brunswick. And, you know, Brick was is a big, still is a big contract player as well. Um, but uh, we were too small back then, so we were making some beer at Cool. Mill Street was originally a Cool oh, beer. Yeah. Cool used to do a lot of. Used to be in Brampton. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then we they eventually moved, but um, yeah, it was sort of this hybrid of beer made down in the distillery district, and then some of the bigger brands there. But there were issues, right? You know, logistics, and also we were the little guys, so you know. <laughs> You like, you're going to make our beer this week? Uh, how about this week? How, you know, <laughs> you know, they get in the busy season. They got to make their own beer. So it gotcha. uh, became very unreliable and inconsistent just on getting our stuff. So we had to take the plunge and, and get investors and, and, and expand mm. and, and build our own brewery. That Our beer, the first, Mill Street, I say our, their, um, the, that equipment mm. came out of Pyramid Brewery in Seattle. That was, okay. you know, Pyramid? I do not, know. Yeah. It was uh, a, one of the larger craft breweries in the West Coast. I hmm. think Pyramid, they may have gone bankrupt. I don't know what happened. But um, okay. it was right across from Mariner Stadium. And, that, and all the uh, fermenters and all that, that's where it came out of. So it was, when it showed up, I'm like, holy crap, this is a really big brewery. <laughs> like, like the reality came crashing down. Like, you know, we, we were in up to our eyeballs now in this. It was no longer like a little toy, you know, setup. So go hard or go yeah, hard type thing. it was crazy. Okay. So the fact that you guys yeah. have been through all of that, you know, both of you in sort of different ways, it's, it's sort of almost like now you've sort of been there, done that, and it's like, okay, well, now we know what to do. We know probably more importantly, what to avoid, what not to do and how you can sort of scale this. Yeah. Way. I, in, in some, I would yeah, say we, for sure. But we're learning still though. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah like we, we've like contracting is tough. Like don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise it's, it's, it's tough for on sure. the, it's tough on the equals team and they're fantastic and it's tough on, on their customers. Like we're like, we we're doing our best to, to give them plenty of heads up to guarantee X, Y, and Z for us, right? It's just it's just mutual respect back and forth. Mm. And um, Justin and his team do a great job. No, we love you. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no doubt about that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but like we've taken our lumps, like you know we've taken our lumps, and 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 it's hard to take them. But you know, we're yeah. probably we we probably are are we've learned so much about contract brewing in the last little bit. And you know, I I would have told you I was pretty proud of like my contract brewing knowledge like even before this started but um it's it's been an education there's no question about it and uh you know we're better for it but it's uh it's been bumpy there's no question and uh 
I don't imagine it's getting less bumpy anytime soon. It's just this is the game, and you either yeah. want to play it or, or or you don't. It's very cool. It, it seems like it's really good timing as well. Like we were saying earlier, that the interest in in this sector or segment is bigger than I've ever seen it in my time. And you guys have been in it like twice as long as I have. Excuse me. So it's it's very it's gonna be very cool to watch to see how you guys grow and take it from here already and you know i I imagine so far it's been the the response you guys have got you guys are in a lot of places right now from what i understand like a lot of like what does that look like Like, as far as even people accessing it like it's pretty we're updating our website right now so it'll become much more um intuitive to you know like the map you know where you know you can pick your location and little pins will pop up I have it alphabetized currently. So, you know, if you live in Ancaster, you know, just hooray. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, But yeah, you know, and that list is growing daily. And for the first year, I ignored uh, on-premise, like bars, licensees, whatever you call them. I just, um, having been through that, you know, as you said, experience taught me like, oh, they don't pay their bills. Oh, you know. Of course. You know, it it, it was something I avoided. So we really focused on e-commerce. Which is okay. doing okay. That's all whole world that we're learning. They're called three PLs, where they pack and pick and ship and all this stuff. And you know, we we've been through the the ringer on that. Um, and um, and it, it, grocery and all these independent retailers. So it was really our focus. Like some of our first customers were the Big Carrot on Danforth, which is a famous, okay. you know, one of the old school natural food stores and butcher shops like Bespoke Butcher and then Summerhill Market. So. Okay. It tends to be to people who are foodies. They love their food. They love to know what's in it. Um, but we're also in, in a few Sobeys now, uh, Longos. Uh, we're starting to get into more grocery section. Their biggest challenge is figuring out where to put us. Because if you're not in their system, we're still sort of approaching them independently. You might end up with the pop you know, or the energy drinks. And so people are looking for you in the wrong place and – there's going to be, a, I think, a, a level of education required for these retailers to figure out that they need to create more of a non-alcoholic beer section where people know to go to and go, ah, oh, I see it. I see Loblaws does a good job of it, but we're not in Loblaws. <laughs> so, Yet. Yet. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a big ticket. That, that, on, that is not a cheap um, undertaking nah, by any know. stretch. But So, yeah, so um, we're, we finally got into the bar scene and we're finding every day – we're getting unsolicited uh, requests for our beer as word spreads. And I'm starting to call on accounts, you know, so we just got into like Lee's palace or, and um, the, the horseshoe tavern, oh, you know, so these places, cool. you know, because yeah. people want to enjoy music and sometimes they don't want to get hammered while they're watching a band. So here, you know, I have a good beer you can enjoy while you're watching live music and, you know, I'm a musician. You can see, I got my, one of my guitars there. That's my whole there she is. strat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a whole bunch on the wall here, but um, yeah, at, we do fun things with our marketing with music and we try to incorporate that. Like you'll hear jingles on our Instagram. Um, there's a, I wrote a, a tune, like a Harmon's jingle. It's goofy and silly, but I've gotten all these different musicians to do their own interpretation of it. So there's kind of a hip hop one. There's like an old school R and B, Motown, ska, like re- reggae, rock steady, all, all kinds of stuff. It grows and grows. It's instrumental surf music, and 
most of them are my friends, but now I'm starting to get musicians reaching out to me going, Hey, I'll do one. You know, this guy, Eamon McGrath, who's like a punk funk singer songwriter, dude, you know, he, awesome. and when he goes on stage, wherever he's at, you know, he's got one in his hand. Cause we, we threw him a few cases, you know, cause he stopped drinking and, you know, so this is how we're spreading the word, you know. I'm not really sure what the question was. No, I can't. I know it was where, where can people find the stuff where you guys are. That's it, yes. Yeah, no, that, that's the answer. And it's interesting because we didn't bring – I just brought the beers for the podcast because I didn't want to load the car up too much. I was trying not to bring too much stuff. And we've been trying to find non-alcoholic beers, and we've been away almost a week, and we haven't found any yet. There's athletic oh, wow. usually in all the supermarkets down there. Not we not the ones we've been. We and the funny thing you what, were what talking about that uh, Miami, actually in Miami, Winwood. So I don't know if there's like oh, wow. we Cigar, to City? Cigar City's in. Uh, they might. I think, uh, but I haven't seen it anywhere. These oh, we go to Trader Joe's, which is the greatest supermarket on the planet, but they don't seem to have non-alcoholic beers. At least the one in Winwood. Wow. Really interesting. The, we went to a Super Publix in Fort Lauderdale, and the way you were just describing it, we did l- like three laps of the supermarket. We went to the beer section, like, did we, yeah. and then we went to like energy drinks, and we went to the juices, and it wasn't. Then we went to the coffees, like maybe they yep. put it with coffee, yep. and we're like, where is it? And we and we kept going back, we're like maybe we missed it, maybe we saw like non-alcoholic Heineken and. And it was not that, you know, something like that. And we just couldn't yep, find right. it in that one. So we're, we're still looking, but the, um, yeah, it, it's been a frustrating process as a consumer. We just want, you know, like the nights off that we're not drinking. So we want to yeah. like damn non-alcoholic beer because it makes us feel good. I want to drink it. It's fun. It tastes good and yeah, whatever. That's, and, yeah, man, that's super interesting. So if super you, interesting. it sounds like, and look, maybe, and what we were thinking though, which is a whole other kind of topic, but maybe Florida doesn't have a, and maybe Cigar City does do one. Maybe there, I know about Athletic, which I haven't tried yet. They, I think they make a Berliner Vice that's very low Super alcohol, low. Okay. but I'm not sure if they do a non-alc. Yeah. A non-alc. Okay. So I think I need yeah. to do some more research or maybe go online and Google a little bit more. We've just been popping into play. We even went to Target yesterday. Didn't have it in Target. We did multiple. Tar- I know Partake is in Target, but they're probably not in all of them. Not in all of them. So it could just be the area we're in. It could be many factors. Maybe this particular part of the city d- doesn't have demand for it. Because Are you like in Miami, like beach, like on the water almost? Or are you inland? No, no, no. You know, are you know Wynwood? Are you familiar with that? that, It's like it's a hipster area, so it's like it's yeah, it's right next to um, Midtown. There's like this Midtown okay, yeah, whole thing, and Winwood's the one with all the graffiti, all the all the murals on the yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there. Yes, yes, yeah. So we're like five five minutes from there. We're very close to that. Just just outside of it, because staying in that would be a nightmare. So the. Yeah, there, there isn't many supermarkets. There's a TJ's and there's the Target and a few other places. So wherever we go, I guess the point is I'm sort of a little disappointed that I figured in the States there would be a larger thing, but it could just be in this town, in this state, it's not huge. And it makes me happier to know that at least back home, I know they have Harmers at Durand in Hamilton, which is my favorite cafe slash uh, bottle shop there. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Durand always has a killer beer fridge, best beer fridge I've ever seen Um as far as yeah, heard that. Can, oh, it's impeccable. Yeah. And he goes to all the places every week and he's got a nice little section of non-alcoholic stuff, whether it's like sparkling waters at Bellwoods or Third Moon Do and and you guys all. Yeah, the Bellwoods one is really good too. Yeah. The Bell, Bells did a great job. Collective did a great job. I'm starting to see, I know that Rorschach has just a single one that I don't know if they keep it regularly um, on, but they have I it. I think they do. So the free spirit. So I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing, 
a lot more happening. There's still, I think, a ways to go as far as, you know, I would imagine at some point, which is kind of what we were talking about earlier, like every brewery should probably have some sort of non-alcoholic option, whatever, whether it's a, a sparkling water that's flavored or or a non-alcoholic beer or something like a kombucha, some, something like that, that they can yeah. sell on premise, but also sell to go to keep the brand in mind whilst... Um, you know, satisfying, you know, you could bring, yeah, no. bring a friend who doesn't want to drink or doesn't drink and they don't feel like awkward or left out that they're in a brewery yep. environment. You know, it's going to be really fu- like a really funny idea for yeah. me is the, is the other way around. Like if we ever get a brewery off the ground, we'll have to bring, we'll have to make one alcoholic beer for the friend <laughs> who does want to drink. <laughs> that is such, that is such a good point. It's going to be the opposite. 12%. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a banger, yeah. just an imperial, just a barrel aged stout in the old uh, yeah. barley wine. Just knock you right out. Barrels. Double IPA, awesome. triple, tri- yeah, make a triple, make a Belgian triple, triple and non alcoholic beer. That's there you it. Go. Nothing less than 10%, either 0.5 or 10 plus. That's it. There's no, that's it. Yeah, we do everything extreme. <laughs> everything extreme. God damn it. No, none of this 5% bullshit. Only, only half. Ah. I love it. Boys, awesome. I'm, uh, I'm extremely impressed with everything. You guys obviously are cool as hell, but this is like, it's just cool. It's really cool to hear the story. I love your history in beer. And I really think that that, um, I think that's important that people know that, you know, you go, Hey man, you've been around the block, you know, what's going on. You've created successful brands, both of you independently in different ways and being able to, you know, now wanting to come back in at a whole different, you know, angle. And I just think that's phenomenal. And like, you know, I've been drinking, like I said, drinking these beers the last few months, multiple times a week. I'm loving it. I just think the branding. I see great. on the Instagram. I thank you for the yeah. love there. I, I think yeah, you just did it just now, didn't you? During the pod, yeah. Thank I'm you very sure, much. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 really cool. I'm I'm very impressed. Um, and I'm very excited to keep watching the journey. I just I, I love everything behind it, like the thinking. It's really cool to hear how it all came about and what you guys are planning to do in future. And I'm I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what's going on. I feel like you guys will you know, influence others to do the same thing, to keep growing the sector. Cause I guess it's the same thing, you know, beer is that weird industry where if you have a, another brewery next door, it's a great thing. If you're a barber and there's another barber shop next door, you're pissed. So it's a, it's a very, it's the same thing <laughs> with non-alcoholic because you can work together. And now the, the more of them, the Loblaws has in the store, the more they understand the sector, the more they're going to, you know, and so on and so forth. You guys are just sort of in that yeah. mover space. And if it's not beer, if, it, if it's uh, all these other, you know, mocktail type, you know, there's there's a wonderful one called Sobri out of Cambridge, and they do um, gin and tequila, like non-alcoholic stuff. And nice. my wife, who's more of like, you know, a G&T drinker, she swears it tastes like the real thing. So we do collaborations with a lot of, you know, other non-alcoholic brands, and we're finding – yeah, the, as a whole, the whole community is is helping expand the awareness. But we we did join this thing in the states. It's actually there's an association now, the A A B N A the the adult the A N B A the Adult Non Alcoholic Beverage right. Association. That's right. Right. The, yeah, that's it. A N B A. It's not the American. It's yeah, the Adult Non Alcoholic Beverage Association, um, and they do like real full on lobbying now because. I don't want to get into it, but in the U.S. where you are, the rules change state to state about the definition of alcohol and shipping. And it's become quite an issue for, uh, you know, selling this stuff because, you know, in some states you can't even call it beer. And these are leftover rules from prohibition, even if it's non-alcoholic. I mean, 
it's just these are rules that that they never examined again once they made them and uh, it's making life very difficult for some of our american counterparts so Damn. um you know it's uh it's interesting canada's a little easier up here but you know Still. it's uh <laughs> you know, just it, it is a growing uh group and there's a lot of interesting people with innovative uh, ideas and uh they're just we're still just perfecting how to do it so yeah watch next two three years you it'll keep changing it's gonna be fun that's awesome uh, i'd love to continue like let's just keep checking in even for once a year or yeah, absolutely man. when we get new beers we'll drop them off and yeah, yeah. let's just keep chatting because i think it's as and big thank you to craig for hooking this up too from yes, craft brand because uh, such a legend yeah, man. I appreciate yes, that. He's guy. a real advocate for, for good good stuff. And, you know, uh, Mike and Chris. Yeah, he's a huge fan of you. I know that. He was, oh, he's a, he's when a I met him, he's like, you got to get on this show. It's the <laughs> coolest show. He's a, so. he's a legend. He, he just really promotes, he, he just, uh, you know, he's in the industry, but he's just a fan of the products and stuff and the fan of the people. And he's oh, just yeah. a talker. He just loves, he's a, just a great dude. Like just spreading the word. I think, you know, needs more people like him. I think that's, uh, and work, you guys are working with craft brand. Uh, I imagine we are. Yeah. yeah. Such good dudes. And they are doing incredibly, um, innovative stuff as well. I love their whole model and, and what they're doing is, is exceptional. So, Oh, those guys. Oh yeah. Um, Mike and Chris are phenomenal yeah. guys. I've known them for many years and, uh, we're excited to work with them because, you know, we all came from the same scene and, uh, yeah. We've been through the trenches together. Oh, I bet, man. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, great. I, I'm seeing my camera battery flash. I want to make sure I take the um, the screenshot for the thumbnail before. Do you want to hold up some of the cans? And we'll take sure. a little uh, thumbnail here. Oh, how about one no one different color for each of us? That'd be oh, cool. okay. Oh, I like that. I got a greeny. Which one you got, uh, I'll do, Rob? I'll do yellow. Boom. I'll I got the, the teal. Let me hold that forward a bit more. Here we go. All right, you ready? Oh, Whoa, one second. Just, oh, I can do it again. Hang on. Let's do it again. Sorry. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm having issues. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm wait, good. Wait. I'm not going to wait, 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 no, oh, wait, 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 wait. What I'm doing here, got to wait. That's what I got to do. Got to remove the outpost. Okay, here we go. Look at that, guys. Real time. Real time tech made it happen. Um, I got that. Can I stop so, now? Can I put it down? All right. You put it down. <laughs> Um, stick around after I'm going to wrap this up, stick around afterwards and we'll, 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 uh, we'll say goodbye there. But, uh, boys, thank you both so much for taking the time coming on the call. I know Mike couldn't make it. So big shouts to Mike. Um, at least I got to speak to him the other day when we had a chat. So, you know, when we do it again next time, we'll make sure we have, uh, no storms, no internet outages. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be in business. Oh, we said nice things about him. So there you go. Exactly. So we made up for it. We made up. Um, where can everybody find Harmon's online? And uh, anywhere else that you want to get Yes, um, harmonsbeer.com is our website. Uh, and if you go on Instagram, it's at harmonscraftbeer. Uh, same for Facebook and TikTok and I think that's – and well, Twitter sort of. But yeah, Instagram, uh, look for some fun content. I learned animation through uh, COVID. So uh, you, when you see the dancing cans and monkeys, uh, that's my handiwork. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make it interesting. That's great. <laughs> I love it. So guys, make sure you follow. And and just to confirm, with non-alcoholic beer, people can order it online anywhere in the country completely legally that there's no – is that correct? Yes. Uh, it's just uh, currently we're just shipping in Ontario. We're waiting for the weather to you know smart. stay above freezing, and then we'll open it up to cross-Canada shipping. That is smart because uh, I've had many issues with the good old weather. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So have we. Yeah, I bet. Huge big so, deal. 
it's, it's beautiful. So make sure you order online as well if you're in Ontario. And I imagine, you know, this will come out next week, but but it shouldn't be too much longer before things get a little. I mean, in our side of the country, it's pretty good. I imagine the uh, our mates in Alberta and uh, that are frozen hopefully should be starting to thaw out a little bit. Yeah, May. Hopefully, yeah. Harmonsbeer.com, though. That's where you go. Harmonsbeer.com. He's here. Um, dot com. Yes. Dot com. Not dot ca. Yes. Dot com. Dot com. Make sure you do it. So stick around and we'll wrap this up and we'll do it. But boys, thanks again for hanging out. This was a lot of fun. Um, great conversation as expected. Guys, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell so you know when the new episodes drop. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast. We drop pods every Wednesday at 8 p.m. for the evening for the video. And we put the audio out in the morning. So in case you're commuting to work, you want to listen to the new episode. I'm going to be as consistent as I can while we're here in Florida. We're here for a month, so shit might happen. We might not be able to get an episode out. But at least you can hear Uncle Steve and Uncle Rob talk about non-alcoholic craft beer. Go get some. Make sure you balance your lifestyle. Take some nights off. Have like You could have six harmons. You'd just be pissing a lot, but it's it's better than getting (laughs) And with that, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.